0: I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're gonna be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment, to business, to politics, to art and fashion, and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour. I hope you've had a great week so far. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into our stories for the day. So for our first story, Hunter Biden's tax returns, what you need to know. So, OG sugar free media fans may remember I used to have a type of blog post on our blog called What You Need to Know, or W N T K, I think. That's a topic, this is a topic that would have made a great W Y N T K post because it's pretty intricate. But what I'm gonna do is actually break it down for you guys on here now, but just get you exactly what you need to know just to keep tabs on the story and not go into the gory details because there's a lot out there, but there's like three main things that I feel like you need to know. So we're going to go over those first and foremost. So the biggest thing is that yes, Hunter Biden is under federal investigation by the Justice Department. And this is mostly for his business dealings in China, among other financial transactions. From there, the second thing is that that's really important to clear up. Um, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, that's convenient, you know, like right after the election is when they investigate, meaning that, you know, maybe if they'd investigated sooner, it might have changed the outcome of the election. And yes, you'd be right about that. And that's exactly why they didn't. You see, there's actually a Justice Department policy that prohibits investigative acts that might interfere with a presidential election. Because otherwise, we would just probably have candidates opening up stupid investigations into each other during the election season like every time. And it would just be really confusing and arbitrary. So that's why it did not happen during the election season and is now happening after the election season. And the same courtesy would have been applied to the other side of the aisle if the circumstances had been flipped. Lastly, Hunter has not been charged with anything, let alone convicted. So let's just let this all play out as it will and see what the investigation finds. It's important for us to keep up with this story, though, so... As always, I will keep you posted here on the news to jour. Sure. But actually, really quickly before I go to the next story, um, just off the top of my head, I also wanted to clear up this has nothing to do with the laptop. It was actually concluded by this investigation that that laptop was like a distraction and maybe even planted by Russian um, foreign entities. And basically everything that was on it was like, not actually applicable to what they're actually um, investigating him for. So I just wanted to like note that for the record, because that really is like a side note um, of what's actually going on. So I will keep you guys posted on all of this stuff and hopefully clear up any crazy things that you guys might hear. So for our next story, Anna Wintour gets a promotion. Anna Wintour, for those who don't know, was longtime editor-in-chief at Vogue and was something to fear in the fashion world. As the subject of the fictionalized Devil Wears Prada book and then movie, she struck fear into the hearts of many, many aspiring models, designers, photographers, and of course, assistants. But in real life, she also fostered and encouraged them and raised them up. She was serving as Artistic Director and Global Content Advisor for the overarching media empire, Condé Nast, but has just been promoted to a brand new role. Her title will now be Chief Content Officer for the whole of Condé Nast, not just Vogue. Pretty incredible. They had a lot of turnover this past year, including editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, following accusations of discriminatory practices. They also had to lay off a ton of their staff due to the pandemic. Let's hope having Anna at the helm can help them turn things around. And now for our next story, we will be discussing the Zodiac Killer. So we actually have an update here for you guys. As you all know, I love true crime. But one of the most famous cases that really annoys me is the Zodiac Killer. Okay, so to me, it feels like this guy just really wanted attention more than anything else. Which, you know, is true of many serial killers, but not all of them. Many actually go through a lot of effort to stay out of the news and the press. But this guy just desperately wanted to make headlines. If you are familiar with him, if you are not familiar with him, he's a serial killer who killed five people in Northern California. And that's another thing. Not that you need dozens of people to be killed for... A story to be worthy of public outcry, but like on the scale of our most prolific serial killers, this dude is like not even close to the top. Like he just has not killed that many people in the scale of a lot of other killers, um, and yet he's so well known, and so many people still obsess over him, mostly because he sent these ciphers into the press. Ones that no one could ever figure out how to crack. That is, until now. For years and years, we were still even unsure as to whether the ciphers were real or if they even held real messages at all. But, as it turns out, a team of three amateurs, well, they cracked it. And it's been certified by the FBI and was announced by the FBI that these guys cracked this cipher for real. The men are David, and I'm going to probably butcher these names, David Ornriak, a software developer in VA, Jarl van Eyck, a Belgian computer programmer, As someone who used to live in Belgium, that is the most Belgian last name. I love that. And then Sam Blake, an Australian mathematician. And they worked as a team and cracked this message after 51 years. And here is what the deranged killer said in his three cipher messages. And I'm just going to read them all together as one message because, you know, they kind of make sense that way. Quote, I hope you are having lots of fun trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise. And it's noted that paradise is misspelled all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise of death. End quote. If you are familiar with this case at all, nothing about this message will surprise you. This man, whoever he was, referenced killing people and making them his slaves in a quote paradise before. But the cool part is that they figured out his little game. They cracked his little code. So maybe, just maybe, this will help bring some answers about who he is and if he's still living, bring some long overdue justice for the victims and their families. So for our next story, Mackenzie Scott is giving away over $4 billion dollars. So this is crazy town, but the billionaire ex-wife of Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos has reportedly given away over $4.1 billion this year, mostly to help with relief from the economic effects of the coronavirus. It's hard for most of us to even imagine having millions to just give away, but billions? With a B. All in one year? Like I said, crazy town. And damn, good for her. There's no doubt in my mind that that money saved lives. Some of the organizations that received funds from Mackenzie Scott were Meals on Wheels, Food Banks Across America, United Way, YMCA, Goodwill, and the NAACP, just to name a few. She also made these decisions on donations quickly and with, quote, no strings attached. A lot of major donors like to have a say in how their funds will be used and put specifications on the organizations that they're donating to, but not her. Most of the time, the foundations that operate in the billions have entire staffs to manage their giving and carefully select where each amount will go and, of course, kind of micromanage the organizations, as I just mentioned. But again, not her. She simply assembled a team of advisors and made these decisions with speed and the urgency needed to match the moment. She is being heralded as a, quote, disruptor of the realm of charitable giving, and I hope she continues to be, because to whom much is given, much is expected. She seems to understand that and isn't trying to grandstand and make people beg for help from her. She saw the headlines, she had the means, and she did something about it. And for our next story, 10 states have sued Google over abusing their alleged monopoly in the advertising space online. So 10 different state attorney generals have sued Google on Wednesday for abusing its control over the ad space online. They allege that Google even has an agreement, quote unquote, with Facebook capping their ads at a certain place. They also allege that Google stomped out competition using illegal maneuvers. Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, put it like this, quote, If the free market were a baseball game, Google positioned itself as the pitcher and the batter and the umpire, end quote. Of course, Google says that the claims are, quote, baseless, and that they have tons of competitors and plan to fight this in court. So we will all have to go and grab a big bucket of popcorn and sit back and watch this show go down. Stay tuned. And that is the news to shore. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, cancel your subscription to other people's issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement. And that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our sugar-free media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Shore. broadcasting from.